you're talking to everybody, you're not talking to anybody. So yeah, I'll still take on work that may not be directly aligned with the target audience I'm aiming to serve, but I'm not going to advertise that way because your content, your social media platform is like a mirror. You know, you're going to attract what you put out. I love that answer because it's a valid answer that I think people need to hear because even with me, when people say, how's business? I'm like, it's going along. I was like, I'm taking my time because I don't want to get bogged down in work that I know that I can do, but it's not bringing the meaning that I want it to. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Modern Day Unicorns. Today we have another, well, like I said, every, every guest is special, but I'm super excited today to hear more from Evan Morcel, who is doing his thing in his corner of the world and interwebs. So without further ado, Evan, hello, welcome. Hello, Abby. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, like you said, my name is Evan Morcel. I'm a hybrid strategist, both brand strategy, or as I like to call production strategy, and filmmaking is what I do here in the DMV area, which stands for DC, Maryland, Virginia, for those who don't know in the States. One of the things that I've, I've, I've picked out a couple of different topics, if you will, for what creatives do and the things that we take to heart and when we're producing things for, for our clients. And, and the top things that I, that I came up with is the experience that we have and, and have acquired that allow us to establish this authority for what we're providing, the time that it takes us to create these things. Even a one minute video can take a, a long time to create depending on what it is. The customer service that we provide, the things that we say we are doing pre, you know, within and post. Um, and then the way that we're packaging things in terms of service ideas, expenses and marketing. So those are some of the top things that were like overarching in my mind for some of the processes that we do for other people. And my hope is to bring more understanding for clients and even for creators so that we can all meet in the middle and get what we deserve and what we want to produce. So sorry, I said a mouthful, but if you want to start from the top, you can take it there. Right. Oh, that's a loaded question. I'm not, it's a very loaded question. I mean, if you think about a loaded baked potato, this is like triple loaded. So I'm originally from Chesapeake Beach, Maryland. It's a fairly rural area. Um, I don't think it's the most rural, but it's definitely not suburban. Um, grew up there all my life, lived in one house um, until I went to college at the University of Maryland in College Park, uh, where then I moved to where I currently live, which is like 20 minutes out of D.C. So I'm I'm engulfed in the D.C. culture. It's a, it's a bit of culture shock because it's a lot faster paced. Um, but yeah, I brought up um, two-parent household, definitely blessed uh, faith-based background. And I thought that my life was supposed to be that of a STEM major. I, I grew up in uh, in programs that were shaped around math, science, engineering, critical thinking, problem solving. This program called MESA, which stands for Math, Engineering, Science, Achievement. We went to states every year through elementary school to high school. I mean, the team that I was on is it, we were just we were good at what we did, but we had great leaders. That was really what it was. Uh, so I went to college thinking that I'm supposed to be an engineer. My parents are telling me, you know, I'm, I'm a first generation college graduate. So my parents are, you know, priming me and, and pushing me towards the STEM majors. So I go to school, you know, uh, spring semester, I transferred to Maryland as a as a as a aspiring computer engineer. I love computers, love technology. 
I mean, I failed out of college my first year. It was a wake up call. Um, and what happened was, you know, I, I transferred from getting straight A's in community college that fall semester to the spring semester. And I'm thinking, you know, college is easy. My, my advisor saying, hey, you know, you're a little bit behind on your engineering credits. I was like, okay, well, you know, can I just take these credits, AKA all of the prereqs in one semester? Didn't know any better. He was like, yeah, she'll go for it. Yeah, that was a fail, literally. So uh, I had to go through this winter program where I had to learn how I learn. And what I found was I learned by teaching others. That's when I can retain information. That's when I'm at my peak. That's when I'm optimized for making the biggest impact. And slowly but surely, what I learned was engineering wasn't really my thing. I thought it was the human body. So I majored in kinesiology, pursuing physical therapy. But I learned over time, I don't really like using the same techniques for solving the same problems. And there was something missing. So that led to storytelling as a result of a church that I was a part of. I was a photographer in college. My, my roommate, he introduced me to photography. So the church that I was serving at, uh, in addition to being an elder and a pianist, they just assumed that if I knew how to take pictures, I knew how to stream video. This is at the boom of churches going towards more live streaming. Um, so I had to learn how to live stream because we all know that filmmaking and photography are not the same thing. And one day we had this bright idea to take the camera outside of the sanctuary. And when we did that, my life changed forever. We started telling stories about local first responders and testimonies in the area and making a difference in the lives of the students and the schools that they went to. And when I realized how big of an impact I could make um, as a result of taking my camera, you know, out into the world, it was just like, you know, a revelation. Um, I realized that what I like doing is solving problems through films, through storytelling. And that's what I've been doing for the past almost five years. That's amazing. So so what I like about your story and your, your loaded baked potato, if you will, is that it's still something that happens to this day to where we have all of these experiences and it helps catapult us into a new direction um, and gives us the experiences that, that we aspire to continue to be around. And so my question with, with that is, as you found this new passion for storytelling and filmmaking and making that, that complete change, what are the things that you did to, I guess, Okay, so we're in a, or we have been in a, like, degree-driven, like, world or era. So once you found these skills and you were nourishing them, like, yourself through, you know, creating this content for your church, what did you do to kind of prove to, to other people with or without a sheet of paper from a university? So I had to surround myself with mentors, uh, with fellow creatives, and that helped ease the transition. Uh, Pierre Quinn is a phenomenal leadership and development coach for emerging leaders. Uh, he's also a friend of mine. We would often have conversations about what it would look like um, to actually take the lead. But not only having the conversations, but building out the system, having a framework to follow uh, so that we can make it happen. Chip Desard was a phenomenal coach, especially when I was early on in my career. Um, he, he showed me the ropes. He allowed me to shadow him. Uh, on shoot so that I could see what things looked like in a professional environment so that when I did have my first client on my own, I wasn't coming in and behaving as a novice creative. I was able to walk in with professionalism and confidence. And when it when it came down to the budget, oh my goodness, the future. Uh, Chris Doe, if you don't follow his channel, 
uh, please head there expeditiously after you watch this. Um, I learned about the break-even point from a finance standpoint, understanding you know how to build out a budget so that I knew exactly what I needed to hit, how to build out a strategy so that I knew how many clients I needed to uh, not only attract, but also close on so that I could take care of my family's needs each and every month. It's really a holistic approach when it comes to being a full-time entrepreneur. It's not just doing your niche uh, task or job. You have to understand how everything works together so that you're not just fighting uh, in this rat race to the bottom of the barrel. Being able to establish yourself as an industry leader is one of the most significant, uh, I guess, decisions that I've made and realizations that I've had. I, I read this book, and I'm sure it's on my bookshelf somewhere. Actually, it's right here. It's called The Win Without Pitching Manifesto uh, by Blair Enns. It, it really unpacks the difference uh, between being a commodity and being an expert. I recommend that book to everyone. It changed my life. Just to give you a, a quick snippet of what I would say was the most impactful thing from the book that has helped me in my transition. And it's it's this, you know, oftentimes, and this is what led me to being a strategist as opposed to uh, just operating as a filmmaker, which I did for like the first two or three years. Oftentimes when a prospective client comes to us, they tell us what they're looking for. You know, they're telling us what their needs are. It's a self-diagnosed request, you know. Um, and a lot of creatives will be like, hey, yeah, I can do that. You know, and then they'll compare it to either other films or images that are on the market. And they'll just provide a seasoned carbon copy, if you will, of what someone else has already produced. But what happens is that results in flat films, films that do not uh, allow you to scale, films that, films that often aren't evergreen, films that... Uh, may not speak verbosely to the immediate needs of your target audience. And it just doesn't feel right from a brand perspective. And if we're operating from the understanding that a brand perspective, if you think about this book here, The Brand Gap by Marty Neumeyer, he defines a brand as the gut feeling that someone has towards a person, organization, or service. So that gut feeling that they have, it, it's not going to be aligned if you don't fully understand their needs. So Blair's perspective in The Win Without Pitching Manifesto is to operate like a physician. If you go to a doctor, they ask you a lot of questions, right? Before they even prescribe anything, before they give you any direction, they want to fully understand what your challenge is. And then they prescribe what their best advice solution would be. Now, whether or not you take their advice is up to you. But if you do execute upon whatever prescription they provide you, you apply it to your life. And then from there, you make minor adjustments to dial in the solution so that you don't have recurring issues in the future. Now, what this looks like is I would say the traditional approach is, hey, doc, my elbow hurts. The doctor could say, hey, well, if your elbow hurts, here's some Tylenol. That's just treating the pain of the elbow. It's not getting to the root of why your elbow is actually in pain. Your elbow may hurt because you have instability in your shoulder and your elbow has to compensate for that weakness. So what would it look like if the doctor asked about, you know, what your lifestyle pattern was? Any type of repetitive use things that you do that could be causing that elbow pain to flare up from somewhere higher up in the chain. By being able to get to the source of the issue, you're then able to accomplish mitigating the elbow pain and solving the actual source of pain all at one time. And that's what we do uh, as strategists. I'm sure you know this as well, Abby. You know, By getting to the root of the problem, you're able to solve so many other issues. And that's what leads to having success uh, from a business standpoint because your clients are going to come back because they know that you fully understand 
who they are, what they do, who they serve better than anybody else. And creating content becomes a breeze. It becomes an enjoyable process because you're now playing chess while other people are playing checkers. And that's what led to the biggest breakaway uh, in my career. And it still does to this day. With all that said, so you, you speak with a lot of confidence and authority today because I'm sure you've journeyed over the past five years to get to this place to where you can speak comfortably and getting uh, your clients to to understand the mission and being able to present them with information on why and how certain things should go the way they, 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 they're going. So what was the transition like from, you know, working with your church to now saying, I think I can do this for other people. And I think I can do this for other people for money. How did, how did you move in that, in that direction to be like, you know what? Yep. It's time. I would say it probably took me three to six months before I, I felt like I could walk into a space and you're always a little bit nervous, but before I could walk into a space and be confident that we could work out a solution, it, the realization came honestly when I realized that it's not my job to generate the answers. It's really my job to ask the right questions because your clients already have the answers baked in within them. It's just your job to extract those, those answers from them in the right order, in the right framework so that they can see it clearly and they can realize their inner genius and where they fit in the marketplace. But I, I didn't just, you know, I was very, I'm a very calculated person, I guess, is what oftentimes people will say. So of course I did a lot of reading. Um, I purchased a lot of courses and what I'll do is I'll cross analyze different courses to figure out where the weaknesses are in each person's platform. Um, and then I'll just combine what I feel the strengths of those platforms are collectively into my own framework. Great artists steal, all right? I'm just going to be flat on it. I stole everything. And then as you get the reps in, then you're able to customize it and give it your own personal flavor. Um, and when you're able to reach that point, for me, that took about six months, probably with maybe five to eight different clients. As as Pierre Quinn likes to call it, you're getting in the reps. And with, with each rep, you learn more. And as you learn more, you're able to then take those insights for your own brand to figure out how to strengthen your weaknesses and further strengthen your strengths. So I would say it was about it was about half a year, to be honest. But you're it's not it's not a light switch moment as much. I mean, it may be for you, but it's a journey. You know, each week, each month, you're you're figuring out you're figuring it out a little bit more. And it never stops. It's just that confidence section for me at least took about three to six months. So I'm still learning to this day, you know? Experience and impact also <sighs> It's, it's a kind of a hack, an ethical hack. I used to be a cybersecurity analyst, so I'm always like ethically hacking things. But there are people who have five years of experience who may not make the impact that you can make with one year of experience, depending on your exposure and the amount of repetitions that you get in. So never think that just because you've been doing something for a year or two, that you're not qualified to compete and go out there and bid on projects with individuals who have had 10 years of experience. Because it's all about your exposure and it's all about how quickly you can absorb material. So, um, yeah, don't don't be shy. That was a mouthful right there. And yes, 110% to yesterday's prices, not being today's prices. But yeah, it definitely takes those experiences and those reps for you to gain your own personal, like, strength and, and belief in yourself. But when other people 
affirm it is definitely like always like to step in the right direction and for the people out there that's listening like affirm your creators affirm your service providers we out here struggling sometimes like you know we, we got to keep a smile on our face we got to you know serve the best way we can but let us know that's why we ask for referrals and and comments and all that stuff we we need it we need it it's a lot but like one person could be i don't like i got somebody i don't like this one thing about a picture it, it ruined my whole situation all the other pictures was trash to me because see yeah, that one issue that was out of my hands affirm your people i was actually speaking to my cousin today was having a hard time with something she produced and i was like sometimes you gotta step away from it being your work and find what it is that you want to manipulate or fix and attack that and then take your notes for the next time so that you can do that better so i appreciate you you bringing up the various mentors and opportunities you've had to be able to you know analyze your work and and how to move forward the thing that i'll that i'd like to add to that is is simply this when it when it the, the big transition point for me was was niching down as well, embracing my strengths for what they truly are. So as you mentioned, I'm not trying to serve everyone. If you're talking to everybody, you're not talking to anybody. So yeah, I'll still take on work that may not be directly aligned with the target audience I'm aiming to serve, but I'm not going to advertise that way because your content, your social media platform is like a mirror. You know, you're going to attract what you put out. I love that answer because it's a valid answer that I think people need to hear because even with me, when people say, how's business? I'm like, it's going along. I was like, I'm taking my time because I don't want to get bogged down in work that I know that I can do, but it's not bringing the meaning that I want it to. So it's like, you know, I, I could do photo shoots all day long, but that's not all I want to provide. So I'm just like, it. I'm I'm surviving. I'm good, but I'm taking my time on purpose. Um, so my next question is, you know, and, and you've, you've touched on it a little bit. I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about a challenge maybe that you overcame or fear um, to be able to continue to, to walk this journey that you that you're in right now. So the biggest challenge for me was my my brand renovation. Uh, and this is a series I'm releasing now. It's called Renovating Your Brand. And I compare my brand to my lawn. Uh, where the identity of my brand is what you see on the surface, you know, the forward-facing content, like a social media handle, if you will. But it's the soil that really needs to be correct and strong and true that allows what you see to be visually pleasing and attractive. So when when renovating my brand, my biggest caveat, my biggest flaw, the biggest challenge I had was imposter syndrome. Um, having those doubts, those those thoughts that question your greatness, uh, those thoughts that challenge the trajectory that you're going on. So, you know, I, I've shot with a lot of amazing people. I've been blessed to work with NPR. I've been able to work with Foot Locker and Apple and Beats by Dre. And despite having these quote unquote receipts, whenever another big call comes, in my mind, I'm like, what did they see in me that qualified me to be the person that they're interested in. But this is the thing, you know, the the solution also is, I, I don't know if this is your next question, but a therapist is what changed my life and changed my brand. But um, once someone calls you, you're already qualified. And that was the revelation for me. 
You know, they would not be expressing interest or even inquiring about my services if they didn't already see something in me and my organization that piqued their interest for what their needs are. And when I was able to move forward in confidence, realizing that, hey, what I do has value, what I do makes a difference. And I, I look back and I reflect awareness is everything. Looking back is a phenomenal thing. I mean, don't look back too long because you need to focus on where you're going. That's wonderful. Now, listen, I've already started watching your series and I can let you all know that by the time this goes out, you need to go watch all of them. Uh, he's, he's he's great. Uh, he I've watched some of your older things as well. Uh, you're very concise and knowledgeable, and I appreciate uh, you sharing those things, even what is already out there. So if you're interested, go ahead and binge watch all of his stuff everywhere. Um, and you will not be disappointed. For all of our watchers and listeners or wherever you are in the world, we want to thank you for your time today. Uh, feel free to follow us at Modern Day Unicorns on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and all these, these great places. If you are a unicorn and you know somebody that is, I'd love to have a conversation with them. So please feel free to DM me or comment below so that we can keep this thing moving. We can build this catalog of people who are knowledgeable and want to share their story and their connections with us. Until next time, we'll be seeing you.